Before we get started, I want you to know before we go, next week is, is, is Palm Sunday. And we're going to have an Easter egg hunt next Saturday. You're invited to come out and help serve this community. We may have a lot of folks to be able to pray for. You never know. And in your, in your uh, bulletin, you have a prayer request. I say that every week. But you know what? God does a whole lot of re- repeating in his word. And that is fill it out. If you know somebody needs prayer, if you need prayer, and if you need additional cards, raise your hand or go to the back table. They're back there because it's 6 o'clock tonight. Usually there's usually about 50 or 60 people coming back tonight, and we pray. And how many of you know that prayer's been making a difference? We've been seeing God's hand work. Amen? And sometimes it takes a whole lot of years, don't it, Sister Jeannie? But God answers prayers. And if you're visiting, I'm going to let you know, this couple's been praying for a long time, in the teens of years, for a baby. And she's going to have one. Praise God. I want to let you know how important prayer is. And if God would have said it's not going to be a baby, he would have comforted their hearts. God is, he's perfect, amen? Sometimes he asks us, we got different paths to go on. We got different work to do. But we work together and we depend on him and we are steadfast with the Lord. Because if we ain't made it to the graveyard yet, he's still working on us. Amen? So uh, fill those out because we want to pray tonight and we want to have three or four prayer cards per person so that we can pray. So that you can know that God is on the throne when he answers your prayer. And we'll have that testimony. Not to say what we are, but what he is. Jesus at the center of it all. So everybody say amen real quick. All right, because it might be the last one you'll say today. I don't preach for amens. I don't preach for a paycheck. I preach because I love Jesus and he called me to do it. And I love each and every one of you. And sometimes he says, deliver something, and I deliver. And I pray that I do it with him. I pray that it's him talking to you this morning. And not me. I was here this morning at 8.30 praying for that very thing. And I still feel burdened in my heart. And I ask that you pray for me. And I ask that you understand that where it's coming from, it may just be from heaven and not just Ken's opinion. If it gets outside of this word, it might just be Ken's opinion. In fact, it will be. But if it stays within the word, it's right. And it's up to us to rake it in and let the Holy Ghost do his work inside of us every day. And I love you, and I want you to receive that. I don't want you to walk out of these doors today carrying something that you've been carrying for a while or carrying something that just got on you this week, but to walk out with freedom in your heart, freedom in your spirit. I ask that you pray for Sweetie's mama. We found out Friday evening that her cancer is back and it's big enough that chemotherapy is not going to handle it. It's got to be surgery. Don't know all the specifics on it yet, but we do know that much. And so continue to pray for this family. Because God can touch her. Amen. And he, 
and he could take her home. We know that, and we trust his will. And pray for the peace in this family and for the strength that only God can give them. If you have your Bibles this morning, by the way, Brother Jesse, thank you for that class this morning. That was, it was very good. Turn to the book of James, please. Go to chapter 1. There's not too many chapters there, so depending on how fine your print is, it might not be just a page or two. Have you, uh, have you ever heard somebody use the expression, boy, they took you for a ride. You might know what I'm talking about. Let me see your hands if you know what I'm talking about. Or... Maybe uh, if you believe that, I got some oceanfront property in Colorado, I'll say. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Or for the young folks, since y'all didn't raise your hands, you'll know what this one means. Man, you got played. You know where I'm at? Young people? Wake up? Coffee? Man, you got played. I mean, somebody got over on you. Somebody pulled something on you. We've heard those terms, and those terms deal with deception. And deception is something that we have to be careful with. Deception is not only something that we have to be careful with with what we give out, it has to be careful with what we take in. Because Satan is called the great deceiver. That means he does deception. And if it goes against the word of God, it is deception. If it's trying to drive apart or tear apart your home or trying to drive apart or tear apart our church or anything that's going on, maybe between a husband and a wife, it did not come from heaven. It came from the master deceiver who is called the devil. He's a scoundrel. And he takes no prisoners. He don't care how big you are or how little you are. He don't care how important you are or how important you're not. He is looking to take prisoners. He is looking to deceive and he's looking to drive us out from the place of God, out from the place of where we are receiving blessing. That's what he does. And when we realize that, when we understand that, It makes the battlefield a little bit different because I've been telling you for the last couple of weeks, this is battle. You might not get bruised up and you might not get cut up in it, but your spirit can get bruised up and get cut up in it. And that's where it counts, right? These bodies are just here. I could die before I'm done preaching today. And my battle will be done. Praise the Lord. But I've been called to an assignment. As a pastor, I have been called to an assignment. As a church, we have been called to an assignment. And we got to know who the enemy is. We got to recognize his tactics. And then we got to attack him. And we attack him with prayer and with the word of God. He'll not get beat any other way. He's also called the angel of light. 
That's how he comes. He'll make it look godly. He'll make it look like it feels good. He'll make it in all these ways, and it ain't nothing but something from the devil. He likes to take God's word, tweak it and twist it, and if we don't know his word, don't study his word, and most of all, if we are not submitted to the Spirit of God, he'll fool you. Because the Bible says that, in the, that if those days weren't shortened, even the very elect, and now what does that mean to you? Those that are pretty high up, those that have received a lot, those who are mature in Christ will be deceived. Because that's what he does. That's how powerful he is. And if Jesus ain't the center of it all, I didn't know what you was going to play. That's between you and God. Y'all work that out. But I thought it worked out good. And Sunday school did this morning. Thank you for praying and seeking God. Confirmation. But we're going to read here in James in chapter 1, verse, starting in verse 22. James tells us that there's something else that's even worse. Because, you know, we got all kinds of scams going on in this world. Somebody is always trying to, to take us for a ride. Now, let's just say, Brother Jesse, he's an electrician. That's a plug. He's pretty good at it. But now you wouldn't have a whole lot of business if you started taking people for a ride because the word would get out. Because you're trying to get a little bit of extra money. You're trying to get rich quick. You're trying to cut corners. And you being a Christian even more so, God ain't going to stand for it. And he will take you to wherever you need to go to get you turned around. And it could be as far as to where your family's at on the street. Depends on how stubborn you are. Did we talk about that in Sunday school, I think? I believe we did. That's why I was grinning like a possum. <laughs> or a mule-eating saw bra. a lady from Bluefish. She knows what I'm talking about. She's from back home. Linda. Right, Linda. Everybody welcome Linda. She's from the lake, and she's from Bluefield, back where I'm from, close to. And I hope you don't think, didn't mind me centering you out, but we thank God that you're here with us this morning and hope that we can minister to you. But the worst deception of all is not when Jesse tries to get over on me or somebody else tries to deceive me. The worst deception of us all, have you heard this phrase? You know what I'm talking about. He's just fooling himself. Because if Jesse's trying to deceive me, then I, there's something there, and I need to grow so I can get around that. But the worst one is when Ken's just deceiving himself, fooling himself. So we're going to have that. Let's go to verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks in the face of a, in a, in a, at, at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. You see, 
And most of you, a lot of you are going to know what I'm talking about. Some of you might not, and I'm telling you, you can get to a different place if you'll just trust God. I can't impart it to you. Nobody can. But have you ever heard a message preached that just quickened something in your spirit? You knew that it came from heaven. You was maybe reading a scripture in the Bible and maybe you was dealing with something and it just jumped off of the, off the face of the page right into your heart and the Holy Ghost started working. And you knew that it was from God. Whatever the case may be, you get excited about that. And we're a Pentecostal church and there's been some times we get excited about what God is doing. I pray that we don't get out of order because God will move out very quickly. Because if we get out of order, it becomes about us. It becomes about me. And he says, all right, I'll be out here waiting for you to let me lead. Because that's what he does. He will share his glory with no man, no one. So we get excited about God's word. We get thrilled with it. Man, we just love it. It's, you know, we know that God's talking to us. We know the spirit is talking to us. He's given us an answer. But it says here, those who merely listen to the word, so to see them, says, do what it says, gives you the idea that it comes in, but then it never gets to do anything else. And if that's the case, that person is deceiving themselves. And that is the dangerous one. It's easy for me to tell Danny, man, that Jesse just took you for a ride, buddy, and lay out, you know. You know, he charged you $40 for a piece of wire. It only cost him 10 And research, you'll be able to see that. But when it's in your heart, only the Holy Ghost can turn you around. Only the Word of God can turn us around. So whenever it comes in and we feel this quickening in us, we either let him work or we deceive ourselves and we don't do what he says. Got a few more amens than I thought I'd get this morning. Eh? See, it's very easy to get excited about the word of God and not do what it says. I'll give you a good example. You've heard me use this, this phrase before that, you know, people, and it's, a, I guess, a statistical thing. I didn't research it too deep, but somebody said it was, and I've heard somebody else say it. You do your own research, but people retain about 20% over time. So you walk out of here today, you're going to retain a little bit more, but by the end of the day or by the end of the week, about 20% is what's got stuck. And it's able to grow. But have you ever been, <laughs> I know we was at the assembly, and uh, I missed out on a, a service. So we stayed off the place, and uh, uh, I don't remember exactly why, but somebody said, man, I'll tell you what, they had a good service this morning. And I've done it myself. And Brother Murphy would be preaching, and sweetie might have to be sick or something and go home, go to Lynchburg when I lived out there. I said, man, we had church this morning. It was great. And she says, what'd you preach on? What'd he preach on? And you're like, I don't remember the scripture, but it had something to do with. You see, I got excited about the word, and I got, it, it, it done something inside of me. 
But 30 minutes later, I'm sitting at home at the table getting ready to eat some chicken. And I don't even know what was preached. Anybody, anybody done that? You know what I'm talking about? I'm not looking. This is how we humble ourselves whenever we stand up and we, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You see, it's easy to go to that place. It's easy to have it come in. It's easy to have a quickened word to come in. And that's an anointed word. It came from God and that anointed word will quicken a spirit. But let me tell you something, just because it's anointed don't mean it'll stick. don't mean it'll stick. It'll quicken your spirit and we have that to happen. We have these things that motivate us and get inside of our spirit, but then it don't stick. And the Bible says that anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks in the face of a mirror, looks at his face in a mirror. And when he goes away, he don't even remember what he looked like. Have you ever seen that before at your house? Husbands, don't be talking about wives, but have you ever seen that at your house? I've done it, when, especially when I had to wear a uniform. I had to look a certain way. If you didn't look a certain way, they sent you home. You didn't get paid. Beeline had to be straight. It got crooked. It happened today. Hey, you need to look in the mirror to make sure you're right before you come in here. You represent us. You come in again, we're going to write you up and send you home. You know, creases got to be just right, all that. So you check yourself in the mirror. And now that the livelihood's on the line, you go and finish getting ready, put your boots on, or when you come back, you check yourself in the mirror. When you get to work, they got big glass windows there, and you look in that, and you see your reflection, right? And you look in there, and you're checking yourself, make sure everything is fixed right, because you don't remember if you was right or not. You're always checking. You're always checking. So whenever that word doesn't come into our spirit and it's not getting applied... And we don't do what the word says. It's easy for us to get to the place that we are always having to continue on and look at ourselves, but then we don't remember what we look like. We don't remember what that word was that quickened in our spirit. You see, when the word of God comes inside of us, we get excited. The spirit of God communicates with the spirit of God in us, and we get excited about that. And we, a lot of times we get it to come in and it does something that helps us to be able to grow. It gets us to this place, but then we don't do nothing with it. If we don't do nothing with it, then how can we expect to grow? Last week's blessing is no good. It got you through last week. We got this week. Or tomorrow's blessing won't happen from today. Today will get you to that place and maybe that you'll be strong enough to pray. Maybe that you'll be strong enough to call upon a brother and sister that you can depend on to, to pray with you and to pray for a particular situation. How many of you know prayer works? It does. It ain't just somebody getting healed, you know, with a cancer that's on them. And I made that sound pretty little, didn't I? It's about whenever the Spirit of God can heal us inside of our minds and inside of our spirits where something, there's a void that happens. Why? Because some piece of word didn't go in. Something that God gave us didn't get, uh, dwell inside of our hearts. And you see, there has to be change happening continually in our lives. We got a mirror to look at. Brother Gene, I remember when I got saved. I can't speak for everybody else, but I know what happened when I got saved. 
I also know what happened the next day at work. Are you ready for this? I'm a, I'm a man, okay? And if nobody else has walked on this path, then praise God that you didn't, but I did. I walked on this path because sanctification hadn't hit yet. I know I was saved. Had I died that morning on the way to work going up to northern Virginia, I would have been saved and been in the hands of God for all of eternity because on that Sunday, I gave my life to Jesus. I asked him to come into my heart and to do a work. But old Ken was always pretty good, and old Ken is still having to battle this thing, always having to battle this old man because Ken didn't like fighting with people didn't like confrontation, and I was in a job that had it all the time, whether it was bad guys or good guys. But it was pretty good whenever you could take and you could just murder somebody with your mouth. You could talk them right down. And I was good at it, and I'm not proud of it, but I was good at it. And I said, yeah, i got to tell somebody about Jesus. I'm finding a radio station at 3 o'clock in the morning find me some preaching. I know i got to get this stuff in me. i got to have because I didn't know anything. Didn't know anything about God. And so I'm riding up the road and I'm hearing all this stuff and I know that I've got to tell people that Jesus is real. i got to tell people that he did the work in my life, that it was real. Some of you that were here that morning remember, I stood up and said, this is real. I don't know what you all believe in, and I didn't. First time I was ever here. But I'm telling you, something happened to me, and it was real. You see what I'm talking about? And then I roll into work that morning, and I'm going in, and I'm just happy to tell all these center people that I'm working with have been cussing and joking, and I've been doing it with them. I invited Jesus into my heart yesterday, and, man, I'm going to tell you what, I feel like I'm on the top of the world. And it wasn't 10 minutes later that some dude come in and got me to go back to where I used to was and stuff come out of my mouth that came out before I got saved. Do you, am I talking real? Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? But the difference was is that word that was put inside of me at the very moment that it happened, I felt like I had slapped Jesus. And I had to ask for his forgiveness. And you know what? I've been saved a pretty good little time and I'm still having to go there and say, oh, Jesus, forgive me. I slapped you again. Help me to get this word in me. Help your spirit to help me to grow. You see, that's what we got to do. Otherwise, it don't mean anything. It's got to be put to work. You get excited about a word. We get excited about a certain preacher preaching a word. The word of God is the word of God. And it's got to be... Jesus at, well, he disappeared. Jesus at the center of it all. You know what's there. We don't got to put it up. Because when it becomes about something else or somebody else or anything like that, we're in a dangerous place. Amen? You're in a dangerous place. But when that spirit quickens in your heart, you got to ask, oh, Lord, please forgive me and help me to grow through that. Because, you know, I just told these people and shame just rolled up on me. And they're like, yeah, I guess you did, didn't you? I didn't see no change. But over time, they did see that change. One of my buddies was going to be here this week, but they had a death in their family. He hadn't seen him in a couple of years, and he, him and his family was coming to church this morning. We're going to be down this way. But there was a change that happened. And folks, let me tell you something. If you ain't see a change in your life from what you used to be, you probably need to get back to the altar and talk to Jesus because you just met somebody. You didn't ask him to come in and live. 
Because if you've got Jesus in your heart, there is going to be change. There's no other way to say it. And I know that don't get amens. You've got a thousand different preachers you can ask this morning and probably tell you something different, and that's fine. Go to the Word of God and go to prayer. Who are you going to ask? Oh, well, that's a church. They're Christians. Really? Did you hear what happened this week? The Presbyterian Church USA changed their doctrine to say that marriage is not between a man and a woman. It's against two people, primarily a man and a woman. You hear what I'm talking about this morning, folks? we got to be careful with what comes inside of us. And let me tell you something. If it's the Word of God, the one thing that's going to come out of the Word of God is going to be love. And that love sometimes has to be the real Word. It has to be a straight Word because that's the only one that's going to fix us. That's the only one that's going to make a difference in our lives. Now you got people sitting there and they're going to follow what the leadership says. Why? Because they're probably not praying. They're probably not reading. A lot have left already this week. But there are going to be some who is going to be swayed by this attitude and by this mindset and change the word of God and they're going to think everything's grand. And they deceive themselves. And whenever you get to somebody's deceiving themselves, you can tell them, but don't, don't preach too long. Just let the Holy Ghost do his word. Jesus said, if you go into the house, if, they, if, your, if your peace goes with you, then abide there. And if not, shake the dust off your feet and move on. Isn't that stiff? The peace abide there, and if that peace doesn't abide, you move on. That's out of the Word of God. You see, when things are going wrong in this world, and particularly with churches. I don't get mad to the point I'm going to go start shooting nobody. But it makes you angry. It makes you angry that the devil has this kind of stronghold. And what is that doing for G? You talk about a slap in God's face. Oh, what a slap. You ever slap God in the face? told you I did and there's been times that I have and oh it just hurts it hurts so bad there's going to be change in us whenever God comes into our heart when this word comes in, there's going to be change happening in our lives and we're going to grow or we stay in Egypt or we go back to Egypt or we stay in the wilderness and he says I got a promised land for you I need you to go there there's going to be change And if you're still walking on the same place that you've been walking for a while, I've been walking for a while, then maybe I've got to improve my prayer life. Maybe I've got to improve my devotion time in the Word. Because there's got to be some change. I want to be crying out, Jesus, I want to be like you. It's all about Jesus, right? He's at the center of it all. It has to be about Jesus. He's the only one that can save. He's the only one that can change. And I've got to be constantly saying, Jesus, I want to be like you. I want to be like you. Oh, God, let me be like you. Let your light shine out of me. I don't want glory, but I want people to be able to receive what you are giving to them. 
I want to be able to see folks that's in darkness be able to come to where light is. I want you, Jesus. I need to have you, Jesus. And if you're not getting that, and I, please don't take this the wrong way. Take it for what it is. If it applies, if, it, if you forget mad about it, it might be conviction. It might not just be Brother Ken. It might be God convicting a heart. But if an hour a week in church doesn't cut it, what, what do we do? We find all other kinds of things to get in and get into our lives and to get in a place of where, where God is where we don't have time. You understand what I'm talking about? Prayer service is the most important service we got all week. Tonight. Oh, this is important. This is very important. And what Ashley's doing over there with those children today? You're not over there, but she's doing work. Because why? You hear these kids asking questions. What's Ken and Alicia doing with the youth over there? I know what they're doing because I got two kids that's in their class and they come and ask questions. I know what's happening. I don't have to go and sit in there all the time. But I know that their hearts are right. They want to please God and they're not too, they're not too big to say I was wrong and I got to go back and change this. They're not too big to say I misinterpreted this word. Now I got to go back and fix this. You see, that's how you grow. Pride says I don't fix nothing. You work around me. God, you work around me. And if you're waiting for God to work around you, he ain't going to. Because we have to do what? If you merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. You deceive yourself. Do what the word says. And, and we could, I could sit here and go all day long with what's in this Bible. Do what God says. That doesn't mean he loves us any more or any less. He's saying this is the way to go that's going to give you more peace and it's going to give you more joy. This is the way that you've got to go. This is what I have showed you. doesn't mean that you're lost. It just means that you're not listening to what God says. I'm not listening to what God says. Sweetie knows that more than anybody. In four years, I've had to do a whole lot of backtracking and changing, ain't I? Say amen, sweetie, please. You see, we have the thrill of the truth. We have the thrill of the spirit. Boy, we had church last night. People was running the aisles, and man, it was great. But we don't want obedience with it. We're in a day and time, folks, when obedience is something that is going away. It's becoming a word that's not even used. It's going away. And I gave you an example just a moment ago. Several hundreds of thousands of people are now getting told something totally different than the Word of God. And they're going to go tell other people about Jesus. You see how big the problems are? Mm. The solution is, is that we look intently into the Word. Well, I want a little bit of word. I want a, I want a little bit to do. I want, I, want to, I want to sing this little bit of a song. I want this little bit of that. I want a little bit of the word. I don't want the whole full dose of it. I, don't, I can't handle that. But the Bible says that those that look intently into the scriptures, intently into the scriptures mean we dig and we search and we pray and we say, Lord, I need you to apply this to me. Now that you've convicted me, I see there's a problem sitting in my heart and it's getting in the way and now I need you to work. We have to intently search the scriptures and the people who says that Bob and Steve can get married have not searched the scriptures not intently. Is it being done so we can get people inside and keep the pocketbooks coming in and so we can do all of that? I'm going to tell you what, if money's your God, then you open up a club. 
The church is not a club. The church is the house of God. And he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And that either fits or it don't fit, but it is what it is, and it's in the Word of God. And if you want to change it, change it. That's fine. But you're out of sync with God now. And he said, anybody who tears apart my body, not this body, but the body of Christ, he will destroy. Do we believe in God? Do we believe that word? Well, I thought God was love. He is love. And I'm going to tell you whatever sinner that's going to end up in hell because they never gave their heart to God will go there with God loving them. But he said, I will judge sin. And it's not just about Bob and Steve. It's about the stuff that we don't want to put. Steve, that was no offense, brother. I hope you didn't take that the wrong way. Steve's going to have a baby with his wife. Brother Steve, brother Steve, he doesn't, oh, there he is. Not you either. <laughs> Do you understand what is sin? Anything that goes against the obedience of God. We like the thrill of all this and we like all this, but we have to have the obedience. If the obedience doesn't go, it was just another show. You stand before God someday and we're going to go and, and he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. But he also says that every person, everybody's ever been born, will give an account of what? The words that came out of their mouth. You see, he shows us something here about being obedient. He shows us something here about not deceiving ourselves. And the first thing he goes to is what? Those who do not, what does it say? Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Says Bain in the, in the KJV. Oh, that's another one. We'll fight about that one. If you're not going to do it, what difference does it make? That's just something to fight about. That's a spirit that likes to fight. And it didn't come from heaven. That spirit did not come from heaven if it's there. It did not come from heaven. But it says here, they deceive themselves. I, Ken didn't say it. That's in the Word. You read it. You read it with me. we do that if we don't keep a tight if there's nothing good to say then we need to be able to get to the place that we don't say nothing if I got to tell a lie to tell sweetie that she looks good then I need to just say nothing and sweetie you look beautiful I told that lady I told Linda I said that's the most beautiful woman that's going to walk in the room today but I'm biased <laughs> pay attention Angelo because that applies buddy Three more months. Two more months. Brother Dave, he's got that one down pat. That's the smoothest character I've ever seen. <laughs> but we're going to go stand before God someday. And you're going to say, what was all this about? You come in here 
and you praised me and you worshiped me and when you walked out of here, you took this and you murdered somebody. You cut them to pieces or maybe before you walked in. Maybe it happened at your house this morning. And these words come out. You know, this is going to Ken first, okay? You get it, you do with it. It's going in me because God put it there. How's that work? How does that work? You're using the same thing that you're going to be praising me. A minute ago, we was praising and singing to God and walk out of here and then, and then murder somebody with our mouths. Now, he went there. I didn't do that. James did that. James grew up with Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? He knew what Jesus talked. He knew what Jesus walked. He lived his whole life, and he was tempted in all points like as we, and yet he did not sin. That is truth. You can't change that. Anybody that tries to change that is messing up. That is the truth that's in the Word of God. And then James, he becomes into the church, and all of a sudden he sees all this backbiting going on, all this stabbing, all this arguing, all this fighting, all this this and that, all this dissension, all this stuff going on, and he wrote practical stuff to us. He said it ain't right. And whoever those people are, they're deceiving themselves because the religion that they have is not real. It's not weird. It's worthless. How many amens? Okay, I get it. I've got a daughter sitting here. And I have to protect her. Men, sweetie, got to protect her. And I've got a son over here. Where, where'd he go? Did he disappear? Oh, he's back there. He moves around on me. It's hard to keep my radar out. And it's one thing to stand in this pulpit or to stand in that Sunday school room and to do and say one thing and go home and do something totally different. Because you want to know what it does? You may think you're right. You may think this is all right. You may think this is good. But you destroy that child. Because they come in and they, you know what they see? They see actors. Because that religion is worthless. And then that child walks away from God. Whose fault was it? That baby right there is so important. Whose fault was it? And that's how the devil moves in. Oh, well, I wasn't at the bar last week. Well, whoop de do. But if you're killing people with your mouth, you might be killing your child. Whenever they get old enough and get ready to go out and try the things of the world and you try to start giving them scripture, they're going to be like, what is that? I heard what was preached. I saw what was done. And it's nothing but false. It's nothing but fake. It's not real. And then they have nothing that they will apply to their lives that will rescue them from a bad place. Does this mean anything? It did for me. We slap Jesus, and in the same time, we might just be killing our own children. A mature Christian can control their mouth. But a Christian who has not gotten there yet, they need prayer. They need to put a prayer request in. Because I know God's talking to a heart this morning, and maybe more than just one.
or he wouldn't have had this message. You might sleep better at night blaming Ken, and that's okay. I've got big shoulders, but I serve a God who is way bigger than me, and he's, and he's good all the time. Amen? He'll see you through. No matter what, you, he'll see you through. King James says, be hearers of the word and not doers only. I mean, be, don't just be hearers, but be doers. Hear the word of God. Do the word of God. Otherwise, it's just another club. Right? I've been to D.C. I worked up there, man. They got clubs. Take your, take your pick. Disco club. Other kind of clubs, if you know what I'm talking about, you adults. Oh, they got clubs. Take your pick. But there's only one word of God. There's only one God. One Lord, one God, one faith, one baptism. Who is a, oh, he's in us all. He's above all, and he's in, it's all about Jesus. I hope this helps you with something. If you'll stand to your feet, they're going to play some music. Now's not the time to let pride get in the way because the devil, that's the next one he comes with. If you need to talk with the Lord about something, there's not a person in this room who won't come and pray with you.